All right. After a long hiatus, we are back. The Mavs Podcast. Season two. I am Al Sidholm. And at my side, with, as always, who, uh, with a very diverse background and having the time of his life, <laughs> my brother, Matt Sidham. Here I am. Here I am. Right. quite an introduction. Yeah. yeah, no problem. Let me get out the music here. Season two, Mavs preview show. Yeah. Uh, I think the season, does the season start tomorrow? Wednesday. Officially starts uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, it'll be Tuesday night. Big TNT doubleheader. The uh, Cavs and Celtics and the Warriors and Rockets tip off mm. the season. Mm. And the Mavericks will get going Wednesday night against a very bad Atlanta Hawks team. Yeah, who? Uh, I think we're going to be one and zero. I think we got uh, who's it? Hawks, and then we have Sacramento. So we we have a great chance to uh, come out firing this season. Start off two and zero potentially. Potentially, um, but then it gets a little harder <laughs> with uh, the. Uh, Golden I State. think it goes Golden State, and, and then I think Houston yeah. after that, maybe. Yeah, I think it's Houston, which uh, should be pretty good. But uh, well, let's let's not get into the season just yet. That'll be next okay. week's show. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we had a long break. Uh, I think we took two months, maybe even three months off. Yeah, um, a lot, a lot's happened in the NBA. Yeah, too much. Um, Paul George, Carmelo, OKC, Kyrie to the the Celtics. Uh, what am I missing? Uh, those are the biggies right there. Oh, and of yeah. course, Chris Chris Paul to the Rockets. So yeah. I think um I think let's start with the Mavs. Let's do a okay. Mavs preview. Um it may spill in some NBA stuff. If the pod runs long, we'll just uh we'll just cut it up into two. How about that? Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, so Mavs, what are we uh let's just start with what we're most excited about this year. Well, I think everyone Anyone, any true Mavs fan was tuned into the Vegas Summer League, and you saw a little bit of what Dennis Smith could do. And granted, Summer League games are not you know, high-level basketball games, but you know he he showed some athleticism that I think Mavs fans have. I wouldn't say never have seen never. from the uh, never. point guard position. Never. And uh, continued to show that in the NBA preseason. You know, I, I'm not predicting he's going to come out and just dominate the league, but that's got to be the number one thing you're excited about if you're a Mavericks fan. Yeah, I agree. It's the first time. Uh, it's funny because if you think of the last rookie, you were truly excited about rookie lottery pick at least. It was probably Dirk where all the while – you had nightmares of Uwe Blob in the back of your head. So you really weren't that excited about Dirk. You were just hoping Don Nelson was right, you know, and picking him. Yeah, that was a lot of so, Don Nelson hype, but yeah. nobody really bought into it. So you really weren't this excited to begin the year for Dirk. You were hoping, but you weren't this excited. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think I think this is definitely the most exciting, most athletic 
rookie, might be the most athletic player we've ever had. Um, I mean, Vince Carter, we kind of caught him at the tail end of his peak. Uh, Roddy Boubois was athletic, but not like this. Um, (laughs) Roddy Boubois would have won, like, you know, some, like, decathlon events. But, I mean... Yeah, he really could not apply that to a basketball court. No, you know? no, this guy, Dennis Smith Jr. I'm going to say this. I'm going to a confession on air. Uh, he has led me to the realm of sports betting. I am now a sports oh, wow. better. Yeah, after he was drafted, I immediately opened up an online account and uh, placed a bet on him for rookie of the year. <laughs> I did it. Wow, and what kind of odds did you get on that? Well, that's why I jumped on him because I wanted to do it before summer league. I got seven to one. That's great. Yeah, seven to one. I think they're down to four to one or three to one now. So yeah, a lot um, of people are thinking because uh, he's going to get a lot of playing time with the Mavericks, and people like what they see. So yeah, he's he's, gotten... he's kind of everybody's sleeper now, outside of the favorites of Ben Simmons and Lonzo Ball. So yeah. I, I think that's pretty impressive that it's funny how the narrative changes pre-draft to post-draft. Pre-draft, there was all, there was some negative talk about him, coach killer, uh, undisciplined, all this stuff. And then uh, very shortly after post-draft, everyone was saying, oh, he has top two talent, him and Lonzo, two best players. They're going head to head, yada, yada. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's going to be really fun to watch. Really fun to watch. Well, and the other knock on him is he was at NC State for a year, and they weren't even a 500 team, and they didn't make the NCAA tournament. So yeah. I think a lot of people were like, yeah, he's good, but does he make his team better? And yeah. so that's, that's, you know, definitely a, a minus in his column. But I think he's shown through Summer League that, you know, he can be pretty effective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think barring, barring injury, I, I think he's he's going to be in the running for rookie of the year all year. I, I really do think he's he's a shoe in to be rookie of the year actually. Because wow. uh, right. prediction: Ben Simmons is going to get hurt. Um, Lonzo is going to be flashy, but um, I really think people are going to be going after Lonzo, and. Um, it's going to shift the narrative a little bit like, oh, maybe he isn't that good. Maybe maybe he is all hype, you know? And mm-hmm. so, and I think Dennis Smith's just around better players. So he's not going to, uh, defenses aren't going to be able to really focus on him without hurting themselves elsewhere. So, yeah, I and think. He's, uh, and he's set up to get more assists. You know, I mean, if you think about, you know, whether it's kicking it out to Dirk or Nerland Zoel rolling to the basket um, or Harrison Barnes, uh, Seth Curry, once he gets healthy, I mean, you've got guys who can score the basketball. So he's going to be setting people up, whereas I think Lonzo Ball, you know, it's going to make the Lakers better for sure, I think. But, you know, there's a little bit more unknown there when it comes to, you know, Julius Randle or, or Ingram or you know, whoever else they have now. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, in the end, he's just on a better team, and he's going to be able to uh, showcase more balanced set of skills versus, uh, you know, whatever Lonzo is going to have to do with that team. So, 
but I, I do think Lonzo's a great player. I'm not knocking him. I think I think uh, you can make an argument that him and he could have been the first pick. I, I'm still Jerry's out on Fultz. Uh, Tatum will be pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I think Lonzo's a shoe in. Okay. Wow, yeah. that's, a, that's a bold prediction right there. There you go. So Dennis Smith Jr., Rookie of the Year, bringing a lot of excitement to the Mavs. Um, what else do we have to be excited about? Well, I think a season ago when you looked at the Mavericks roster, you know they had recovered nicely. They picked up Harrison Barnes, and he was kind of a story. And they certainly surprised us, but I think they surprised a lot of people by picking up Nerland's Noel. Uh, yeah. in a trade during the season and a lot of weirdness around the contract situation in the off season, but he is back for this season. And I think that's something to be excited about if, if you're the Mavericks, because you, know, you get a full season with a healthy Nerland so well. And I think that's going to be really interesting to see uh, how that plays out. He wanted a max contract, but that didn't happen. But yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I think that's I, exciting and, and nerve-wracking at the same time. I, I agree with you on that. I think, um, you know, gosh, there's it, kind of two storylines here. One storyline, New Orleans has been in the program now for six-plus months. Um, they're going to be better. He's got a good. He's got a, a slew of good point guards to throw him the ball. Um, I, I do think the other side of the story is the poker match between um who's his agent? I know it's clutch, but who's the guy? Is it Maverick Carter? I don't know who is that uh I don't know. LeBron's guy. LeBron's yeah. guy. Yeah. Who I, I like LeBron. I'm not a LeBron hater. This guy's a joker though. And he's basically playing poker with Mark Cuban at the table. Right. And he, the thing that Nerlens doesn't realize is this guy doesn't care about Nerlens because in the back of his head, New Orleans is going to get screwed off this whole deal, okay? And then he'll just be like, oh, that's cool. Just just sign with the Lakers, and we're going to do a one-year deal again, and you're going to win a championship with LeBron, you know? And so he's just messing with New Orleans and toying with his delusions. That's what I think is plan B for this guy. Plan A there's no conceivable way Nerlens gets his money right now because if I'm correct, aren't Boogie Cousins and DeAndre Jordan free agents next summer? Uh, that is correct, yes. Yeah, so why would anybody pay Nerlens more than those two guys, right? Yeah, they wouldn't. I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And really, if you're the Mavericks at this point, I mean, it's almost a plus that instead of committing to Nerlens, now you, you can potentially go after DeMarcus Cousins next year. I, I agree. And um, I think they thought, and he thought definitely he was um, making this bold move by taking the qualifying offer. And that was the worst deal for him because now the money's open for the Mavericks next summer. And... Let's say they just sign a Boogie Cousins or a DeAndre Jordan. They just say, hey, we're just going to take the better center. New Orleans, who's he going to sign with? 
like, like nobody has the cap room. And so he's going to end up signing like a three-year, $30 million contract with some team and just being like, man, I passed up $70 million guaranteed last summer, you know? Well, and, and just to add on to your point, like as far as who is he going to sign with, not only is it like who has – who has the room, but also where does he really fit and who kind of values him in the same way? Yeah. You know, I think, I think it was a pretty generous offer on the part of the Mavericks and, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty high, but I think I would have been okay with the Mavericks signing him at that number. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and locking up a center for a few years where it's like, yep. all right, you've got center forward and, and guard kind of tied up. So it's, uh, you know, that that would have been great for the Mavericks, but if he's going to hold out and try to get max money next year, it's like I, I don't know if that's really going to be anywhere for him. And I think Cuban was played it really well and, and just kind of waited and waited knowing they could match any offer. Yep. And everybody was kind of, everyone in the league was aware of it. And amazingly, like no one kind of threw out that money to Nerland Noel. And I think that's very telling that, as, yeah. as, cr- as crazy as this league can get, yeah, even nobody bit on that one. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and PR-wise, he played it well, too. I've heard a couple interviews with Cuban, and he said both times, you know, that Nerland's been a great teammate and has kept business separate from, you know, his team play and how he's been behaving. So I think uh, that's positive for the team. Uh, the other thing I want to point out, you know, 11 of 15 guys on the roster are returning this year. So this is the first year post-championship that there's been this level of continuity. And, um, you know, not only is that going to keep Nerlens in check, but, you know, it's going to benefit Dennis Smith Jr. just because there's, there's not going to be the clicks that could maybe pull him away and help him create bad habits. You know, I, th- I feel like the team is, uh, what do you call it, culture-wise, is pretty solid this year. Yeah, and that's been the case. You know, uh, people who come to the Mavericks kind of allude to how how great it is to play with Dirk, and Dirk's kind of the guy that, that keeps everybody together in the room. And then I think Wes Matthews has done a good job coming into the Mavericks and, you know, say what you want about the contract and, and his performance. I mean, maybe that hasn't quite matched up, but I think culturally yeah. he's a really good fit, and yeah. and he's been a good leader for this team. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, it's going to be interesting. I still feel that uh, Wes is going to opt out after this year and maybe uh, sign a longer-term deal, maybe similar like what Paul Talgasol did with the Spurs. But... Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely, uh, to open up that cap room, we need Wes to uh, opt out. <laughs> so <laughs> I think there's there's got to be something in place there where uh, they've agreed on something ahead of time, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure what kind of – I mean, I think he's a player teams would want, but I think they would only want him at the right figure. Yeah, not at $18 million. Right, I think right. Maybe three years, $18 million. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's crazy? Number. What's crazy is that, like, that's that's on the super low end. Really, like, uh, he's probably getting eleven or twelve million at a quote unquote reasonable deal. You know, no, nowadays I mean, he's getting older though. I, I don't know. 
I, yeah. maybe for one year. I could see him getting twelve million for one year. Yeah. But I, I think the way teams are behaving with their cap room, uh, it would have to be lower for multiple years. And you know, maybe he sees that and he likes being with the Mavs and he just wants to kind of ride it out and be with that one team. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. So what else are we excited about this year as we uh, look at the Mavs roster? Uh, well, I mean, look, it's, it's taken, I don't know how many minutes to bring him up, but this is this is Dirk's 20th year with the Mavericks. 20 years. 20 years. Um, a lot of people are saying it's his last year. I'm going to bet that it's not. But um, what's your take on that? I don't get the sense, you know, you hear him in interviews, and while he says he doesn't want to necessarily go through the rebuilding process uh, with the Mavericks, I, I think with the talent they have now, and I say talent in the sense that, I mean, they're not the Golden State Warriors or anything, but, you know, the, I think they're, a, they more, they're an exciting bunch. Mm-hmm. And I think this year with Dennis Smith, and with Harrison Barnes having a year in the mix and Nerlens and hopefully Seth Curry taking a step forward. I mean, there's going to be a lot less pressure on Dirk. Now yeah. there still may be some, some stretches where they're going to, they're going to rely on him, you know, in the fourth quarter or something. And that's, that's fine. But I, I think he may, I think he kind of sees this team and may look forward to the role he's going to play on this team and, and maybe can see himself doing it for another year or two. I, I agree with you because the way they've jump-started the rebuild last year, picking up Seth Curry, um, getting Nerlens for very little, getting Harrison for nothing, uh, and just hitting on all three of those, if you add a big free agent signing and another lottery pick, um, Dirk could just be a sixth man for the next couple years and just enjoy winning again, you know? Right, right, and right. I think I think that'd be a real neat storyline for him as a way to end his career. You know, just more so than like mid rebuild. Like, you know, now we're officially like an up and coming team that people talk about. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be really cool, and I definitely see that. I see that playing out. I feel good about that. Um, Another another guy I wanted to bring up. We haven't been able to talk much about the preseason, but um, there's a guy that I love watching play. <laughs> Can you guess okay. who it is? Do uh, you want me to guess who it is? That you said? Yeah. yeah. A newcomer that I love watching play. Newcomer you love watching play. Um, oh, uh uh, you want a hint? Is it the German guy? <laughs> the German guy's name is Max Kleber, and no, it's not him. <laughs> but I do like him a lot. I do. Okay. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Okay. He looks just like R. Kelly. <laughs> um, uh, what's that guy's name? Um, Jean Clavel. <laughs> Clavel. I, that's what I was thinking of when I said the German guy, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, he looks Clavel. really German. <laughs> I just, uh, oh, you look, there are black people in Germany. 
<laughs> well, he just does not look German. Okay. Maybe Jean, not conventional. Jean Clavel, you could say the French guy or the Spanish guy. But... All right. It's just in, I didn't know what he was. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of people out there who knew exactly who I was talking about when I said <laughs> the German guy. <laughs> yeah, they thought you meant Max Kleber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, man, that guy is money. He is like, I think he was... Isn't he six four? I think he's um, six four, and he yeah. was he was shooting fifty percent from three point range. Yeah, he can really shoot. He oh, can really man. shoot. They signed him to a uh, uh, news today. They did sign him to the other two two way contract that they have. So he oh, okay. and Motley are on the two day contract or two way contract, and um, man, I think he's going to be really good. Like he just. He just comes in and he just starts firing. He's got all the confidence in the world. Um, I don't know. I'm wondering if uh, if he had a couple injuries or uh, you know Seth Curry stays out a little longer. Um, well, that's the big one. Yeah, I mean with, with Curry out, you need a guy who you can just kind of spot up and, and hit shots. And, and yeah, you know you've got a point guard now who can create those situations. And, and not that I mean. Yogi and J.J. Barea, I mean, those are a couple guys who can create a little bit of that, but I think Dennis Smith should be able to create a lot more of that. Yeah. And, yeah, no, Clavel, he's, he, he, showed, he showed quite well in the preseason, and yeah. I think he's going to get – he'll, he'll get his chances for sure just because, you know, let's be honest, with as good as the Western Conference is, uh, the Mavericks aren't going to be uh, – in contention night after night. Uh, it's going to be a lot of games. But the, the margin could get a little out of hand. And, and if he's on the big roster, I think he'll get in there and get some yeah. chances. Yeah. You know, I mean, Nicholas Brasino got a lot of minutes last season. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I uh, I like Brasino. Yeah, I like, I like Brasino too. Uh, now, I think he went back to uh, Europe. Hmm. He was picked up off waivers by the Hawks, but. I don't know if he stuck around. No, I um, think he he ended up moving moving on. Yeah, he was young. You never know; we might see him again. Um. Okay, so that leads us to our. Uh, well, let's see. Do you have any other hot takes on the Mavericks? No, I mean yeah. I think the uh, the Seth Curry thing is is going to be interesting and. I mean, he's injured and, and kind of indefinite how long he might be out. But I think the interesting thing about it is he's going to be a free agent after the season. And if he's hurt, if he misses significant time this year, I think it's going to be – that's another contract situation. That'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of, when I was thinking about it, kind of lined up with uh, – and he's not as good as Steph Curry, but – you know, you remember Steph Curry was on a pretty friendly contract when the Warriors got really, really good. Yeah. And that allowed them to max out Thompson and Green and then eventually pick up Durant uh, before Curry finally got, you know, big money this season. Yeah. And, uh, but it was mainly because of his injury history. Yeah. So it'll be interesting if, if in a contract year, Steph Curry, who has shown flashes, but certainly not been a superstar if that ends up kind of hurting him and, and we end up being able to keep him on, on kind of a lower level deal. 
Yeah, I mean, that that would be amazing not to be, uh, you know, have any ill will for, for Seth Curry. <laughs> right, you don't want that to have. I mean, the Maverick, he needs to play more to get better, you know, yeah. so it's not as if he sits out of gear and all of a sudden he's a superstar. You know, that's, that's not at all the case, but uh, it is an opportunity for the Mavericks to kind of keep this roster together a little bit longer without having to overextend yourself, you know, depending on how the Noel situation plays out, you got the, you got, uh, you know, Curry's contract. And then if you want to go out and get a free agent too, that's, it starts to add up pretty quickly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, what would you give Seth right now? Uh, he's probably he could probably make fifteen a year if he had another strong season, huh? He'd probably get that offer. Yeah, exactly. And, and the question there is, it's the same same thing with Nerlens. Are you looking at a championship roster if you've got Seth Curry and Nerlens Noel in your starting lineup? Right. And I think I think right now I I don't think the answer is yes there. So when you talk about committing fifteen million to him annually or twenty four million to Noel or, or whatever those numbers are, right. I mean, I think there's still a little bit of doubt if Harrison Barnes is kind of your top guy on a championship team. You know? No, he's not. And, and yeah. I, I think uh, we paid him as such to to get him here, but I think everybody in the the room knows he isn't, and uh, I think he knows he isn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, uh, he is, he's seen that firsthand. Yeah. That he's not it. Yeah. No, and I, I think you're right. I think if, if Seth did have another strong season, uh, the Mavericks would probably be in a similar situation where Boston was this past summer, where they have a roster of people that are all due for contracts soon. And they really didn't like any of them, <laughs> you know, to the yeah. point of giving them max money. And yeah. uh, a lot of people have criticized what Boston did this summer, but I said several times last year on the podcast, like, I didn't like anybody on their roster. Like, I didn't think they had a great roster at all. And now, I mean, they they have turned that into uh, two definite blue-chip players in Hayward and Irving, and then uh, – Two young lottery picks, and I, I think that looks so much better salary-wise, and then team-building-wise, because you just you're not overpaying somebody who's who's overplaying in a system that's catered to them, and yada yada yada, like an Avery Bradley or a Isaiah Thomas, you know. So I think uh, I well, they had a lot of they had a lot yeah. of pretty good players. Yep, but not enough. Again, you weren't looking at that going, this is a championship roster in a few exactly, years. Exactly, exactly. And so I think your point is great, where it's like if Seth did have like an injury-riddled season, let's say, and could never get going, um, there's a case where he maybe, you know, he's only making $3 million a year. If, if He might look at three years, $30 million and be like, you know what, that that's perfect. I'll, I'll be yeah. a superstar at the end of that, and I'll, I'll yeah. find big or something like that. So right. that would be ideal. Uh, I really like how the Mavs have set themselves up for next summer because uh, there's just going to be so few teams with salary cap space, and I don't think many teams are going to be willing to take on contracts like they have before. You know, like a Philly or a Utah used to just 
East contracts up, but now they're going to want to get in the game if there's only four or five players. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. No, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think you had that crazy summer, you know, two years ago where all kinds of money was being thrown out. I mean, Jan Mahinmi makes $16 million a year, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think you've got, like, there's a lot of examples out there of contracts that are essentially immovable, whereas you used to be able to look at it and say, oh, well, it's in the last year. We can maybe move that, or, or we yep. can dump the salary on this team. And you saw a little bit, you know, Alan Crabb went to the went to the net, and he's a yep. serviceable player, but that was a bad contract by the Blazers, and they were able to yeah, kind of bad pass deal. that off. Yeah, and same <laughs> thing with, uh, who was it that went to, uh, was Moscow? Did he get traded to uh, yeah, the yeah, Nets as well? Lakers yeah, for D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, yeah. With, so like, with that's him. another one. Yeah. yeah, with him. Yeah. So I mean, that's another one where it was like, okay. And so the Nets kind of absorbed a little bit of, you know, did a little bit of that. But but besides that, I mean, I think there's a lot of, you know, you, you talk going back to Wes Matthews. I mean, that's a guy who I think in past years you might say, ah, maybe you could trade that guy. But now it's like, well, seventeen million, like. No way. Who's, who's taking that on? And, and what we have to take back quite a bit in return, you know? Yeah. Like, there's something we would have to take back that's significant. Well, yeah, and keep in mind, work. like, that's why Carmelo's in Oklahoma City, because nobody in the entire league wanted Brian Anderson's contract, <laughs> you know? Well, exactly, right. And, and for the Rockets, it works, because he plays a very specific role for them. But, yeah, league-wide, that, that thing makes no sense. Yep. Yeah, they wouldn't do it. So, um, all right. So, tail end of the preview show here. Uh, let's look at the over under. It's thirty five and a half for the Mavs this year. What do you think? Um, I'm gonna go slightly under. I think thirty five is probably just right there at the number. Yeah, it's a tough one, huh? I think uh, <laughs> it is. They're really good in Las Vegas. It's setting yeah. numbers. Yeah. I think um I think the West is gonna be tight. I think probably six through the twelve seed are gonna be pretty or seven, basically. Seven, eight and yeah, then seven eight that. are kinda up for grabs. And I then think. you've got four teams under they're going to be very close. I think the Mavs end up with 38 wins, maybe 40. Okay. So okay. I, I'm not saying playoffs, but, um, right. you know, I just feel like this is the first time that Rick Carlisle's had, like, a Ferrari in the garage with Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. And uh, I think he's going to have a lot of fun with him. And, hey, you know, Dennis Smith Jr., is, is it – is it too bold to say he's the <laughs> closest thing athletically to Russell Westbrook that the league has seen? No, and I think, uh, I mean, that is, I mean, obviously it's a defending MVP, but I, I hear what you're saying, and I think that's, that's probably a pretty good um it's a pretty good analogy, you know, and you, you can see on some of the times he's attacked the rim, uh, just summer league and in the preseason. I mean, he's kind of done it with the same level of uh, ferocity that you see, you know, yeah. now Russell Westbrook does that 
you know, 20 times a night, 82 games a year. So, I mean, he's on another level, but yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's the thing that I'm most excited about is for so long, even when Jason Kidd was here and I'm talking Jason Kidd in the championship years, it's like, that's a really good point guard, but man, would I get scared when the other team had a really athletic point guard, you know, because it's just how in the world is Kidd going to stay in front of this guy? No, I totally Um, agree. And, you know, now you've got a guy where it's like, okay, yeah, he's not as good as Russell Westbrook, but he he can run around after Russell Westbrook, you know, for sure. In fact, uh, that kind of comes full circle to our discussion earlier. He's probably the most exciting rookie we've had since Jason Kidd. Yeah, I mean, I remember in 1994 being, you know, so fired up to see Jason Kidd you know, yeah. playing a Mavericks uniform and not even caring if the Mavericks were winning or losing games. It, it didn't even matter. Yep. It was yep. just, I got to see this guy play. Exactly. And that's, that's kind of how I feel is I'm, I'm excited about Wednesday night. Yeah. Cause it's like, <laughs> let's see what he does. I mean, you know, Dennis Schroeder is a pretty good point guard for the Hawks. And yeah. so seeing who is, Smith out who is there a black them. German. Just, just hey, oh, God. Why did I? <laughs> okay. Great callback. There you I go. Pull that earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely black German. That's okay, there you, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, and I agree with you. It's the first time I can remember where I'm not cringing in potential embarrassment at um, how we're going to sort of like hack the game so we make it <laughs> right, close. Right. You know, where now it's going to be like, all right, let's roll. Let's. It's. It's, I'm not going to feel like I'm out there playing against, you know, all these athletic people, which is, which is how I used to feel watching these games. And so, um, just coming at them with a super athletic, athletic freak is going to be, um, it's just going to be so exciting. So like, I don't, again, I, I continue with the theme of last year. I, I don't care if we win games. It's really going to be about watching players develop. Yeah, and and I think you picked the exact right word there. You know, hacking game. I mean, that's that's almost what Rick Carlisle has had to do the last few years. Is just kind of figure out ways to compete and stay in games. And you know, uh, when you have lineups in there, when when Noel and Smith are in there, I mean, just from an athletic standpoint, the Mavericks are right there and can kind yep. of go toe to toe with people and not yep. have to rely, you know, as much on on zone defense, but. You know, we're going to see Dirk in there at the center spot, and so we'll still see some of that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, uh, I don't know, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be an exciting year, and that's just for the Mavericks. I think there's a lot of teams in the NBA that are just going to be really interesting to watch and kind of exciting to watch. So, um, yeah. even if at the end of the season, it's, it's probably, you're probably looking at Warriors Cavs once again. This is true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping for the best. I want nothing more than um, Kevin Durant to lose. <laughs> yeah, you're still on that. You're uh, still on that. You know, I listened to uh, the Ringer basketball uh, podcast today. It had uh-huh. Bill Simmons hosted. Every once in a while, Chris Vernon, the host, is gosh, he makes us look like superstars. I mean, he is terrible. <laughs> he is terrible, and. Everyone and they know it, but nobody talks about it. I guess he's got a contract or something. But um, he, 
<laughs> every once in a while, like Kevin O'Connor or Bill Simmons just takes over the podcast, and he had a what's that guy's name? Harabalu, Harabalu. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. the betting guy. The betting guy, yeah, yeah. And he said it so well. He he totally called out Bill because Bill's kind of like a Golden State apologist now, and um. He was just like, oh, did you love watching them play in the finals? It's just beautiful basketball. And Harabalu was just like, no, it's it's terrible to watch. <laughs> it's just like just watching guys shoot threes. No, not interested. He's <laughs> like, he's like, I like watching competitive basketball. And he's like, I'm sorry, like you know, Kevin Durant has all the freedom he wants. Yada yada. I'm not arguing that point, but you know total sellout for, for signing with Golden State. And I was just like, thank you. He's like, he's like, it was a front-running team that didn't need him, and then he joins them. He's just like, not exciting. It's ruined the sport. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. That That is my point. Like, people try to bring it up to, like, equal rights and, and just freedom <laughs> of employment. It has nothing to do with that. It's, it's just... The principle of competition. Okay. Yeah. That is my first anti-Kevin Durant rant of the of the year. There will probably be five more. What do you think? But um, I think by the end of the year, he's going to come out with a new shoe just dedicated to stuff you said about him. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, there's my bold prediction. Hey, the next you know Kevin what? Durant I, shoe is all about you. I still wouldn't <laughs> buy it. I still wouldn't buy it. <laughs> Oh, you know what? He doesn't want you to buy it. What do you think that? <laughs> okay, I'm going to buy it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kevin um, just won that one. Yeah. Take that. So, yeah, I'm hoping uh, Yeah, I'm hoping we're 2-0 and going into the Warriors game. That would be really fun. And uh, I just looked. It's actually the Rockets before the Warriors. Rockets win on Monday? Um, I'd have to go back and look again. But, yeah, it's... It's something like that. Maybe yeah. Warriors at home, though. Maybe that's at Rockets. Between the home. Yeah, state. at Rockets, Golden State at home, and so I mean that's probably a win on our home floor. The Golden State. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they gotta come to Dallas, I mean, Mavericks fans out there know what I'm talking about. Okay. The reunion rowdies. That's the right. reunion rowdies. Yeah. No, they're gonna have yeah. a tough time playing there. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I'll take it. Um. All right. So we got anything else? I think that's about it. I think it's about it. Yeah. There's your there's your mass preview. So let's get ready for Wednesday night. Yeah, we'll get into more player stuff. Uh, we might as well just save it for the season because uh, it's a long season. Well, and got even longer. I mean, this year it's the earliest start in uh, I don't know maybe NBA history to kind of cut down on all the back to backs and the four games and five nights and all that stuff. Wow, I didn't know that. So they yeah, they started. Really. Two weeks early. It's usually around Halloween. Hmm. There yeah. You go. There you go. All right. So uh, until next time, uh, I'm Al Siddham. You're Matt Siddham. This is the Mavs Podcast. Uh, what is our Twitter handle again? <laughs> uh, we are at uh, at the Mavs Podcast and then Mavs Podcast at gmail dot com. So you can yeah, email we, us. We or need tweet some us. fan mail. Yeah. So, yeah, it could really help to get a little bit more fan mail this season. Uh, um, we're going to try to be a little bit more active on Twitter to try to yeah. try to generate some interest there. But, but hey, we need some followers. So. That's right. I'm pondering like a pick of the week. 
you know, like a, uh, since I'm all into sports betting now because of Dennis Smith Jr., I could do a a pick in a week that transcends sports. It could be foot, it'd probably be football during football season. But um, so you would just make one singular pick, a lock of, of the week. What do a you lock think? of the week. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll take it. Sure, let's do Maybe it. Maybe we get some Twitter feedback on that. Get some tweets. Okay. Pick of the week. <laughs> And I think it could be sports related. It could be like kind of. I say you make it just wide open, like people yeah. never know what's coming on the picture. That's right. Week. It could be hot. Yeah. 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 Right. But this is a lock. It's a lock. Yeah. No, I mean it's a hundred percent guaranteed. Okay. Or your money back. I will say. I will say. I did do a parlay last week. <laughs> okay. Of um, Green Bay against Dallas. Because uh, the over-under was 52 points, and I was like, that's a shoe-in to go over, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Dallas was favored, and I was like, there's no way Garrett can beat Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so uh, I won the parlay. I won the parlay last week. I, I like how you cut Mike McCarthy out of that equation, that it's just there's no way Garrett is beating Aaron Rodgers. Completely. And Jason Garrett... I, I'm nothing against him personally. Just not, not a guy who understands strategy. He's not a strategic guy. He's a he's a great manager. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I don't know how well he's a how good a manager he is, but that's probably a discussion. Well, that's for all I'll another give him podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's all I'll okay. give him. Yeah, fair management. enough. Yeah, okay. uh, I'm conceding to the possibility that he's a great manager, but uh, okay. No idea about strategy. No idea. <laughs> Just oh, I, I, I'm I'm holding back a rant right now. We'll save it. Okay. Yeah, so, save it for um, uh, the Cowboys podcast. The <laughs> <laughs> cow pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We 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 don't have that yet. We don't. We don't. Yeah. Don't go looking for that. It does not no. exist. Yeah. No. Okay. So um, we will see everybody next week, maybe, or maybe at the end of the week. If or if there's anything exciting, we might want to do one soon. We might jump back on, but otherwise you'll you, you'll hear from us every week. Yeah. Definitely once a week. All right, until then, I'm Al, you're Matt, and we'll see everybody later.